Jeremiah. Today's scripture is the call of Isaiah. And I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. And with two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt is departed, and your sin is blotted out. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, use your servants' lips, your people's ears and hearts, that as they are joined together today, the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. Today we're going to talk about the ministry of availability, of saying simply, Lord, here I am. And we don't get there from nowhere. We get there along a path that takes us past the glory of God in a way that in many cases is memorable. There are things that we remember, days that we remember, seasons that we remember. Many of you here in our sanctuary today remember November 22, 1963 as the President and Mrs. Kennedy made their way in a motorcade through Dallas. And not long after this photograph was taken, the history of the United States changed. I remember March 30th, 1981, I was going over to a friend's house when I heard that the President had been shot. Ronald Reagan, between the moment that this was taken and the time he arrived at the hospital, lost somewhere between 40 and 50% of his blood and came closer to dying than most Americans knew for decades afterwards. I was homesick on January 28, 1986. Krista McAuliffe was going to be the first teacher in space. And Ron McNair, down at the bottom right corner, was from Lake City, South Carolina, about 12 miles from where I lived. And we were proud that one of ours from the PD region of South Carolina was going to go to space. I was on the way to the doctor 
September 11th, 2001, my doctor was in Georgetown and I heard a report that a small plane had hit one of the towers of the World Trade Center and maybe 45 minutes later, the television was on in the waiting room of the doctor's office and it was quickly becoming apparent that it wasn't a small plane nor was it an accident. And then March 11th, 2020, right here at Centenary, the coronavirus had shown up in America, it had shown up in Kentucky, and the governor was saying, we discourage you from having church, and the staff and I are talking, and we're like, this thing could be around for as long as three or four weeks. Now, if you notice, the prophet Isaiah places his call in the context of one of these world-changing, life-changing moments. It was the year that King Uzziah died. That's when it was that I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. The call of Isaiah is situated in time, in one of these times of transition when the monarchy comes to an end and the new monarch takes the place of the old. Queen Elizabeth is 95, platinum jubilee, 70 years, spanning World War II to the coronavirus pandemic. Who knows how long Queen Elizabeth will live, but it won't be just those in the United Kingdom who will weep at her funeral. It won't be only those who have pledged allegiance to her as a sovereign who will be sad to see her go. It was the year that King Uzziah died. That's when it was, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty and the hem of His robe filled the temple. Do you remember encountering God's glory? Do you remember a moment in life when suddenly you realized that there is no one, nothing as majestic, as powerful, as mighty, as wonderful, as holy, as inconceivable as God? Do you remember God is beyond our imagination. God is mightier than we can conceive of. And Isaiah, as he says, I remember this in the year that King Uzziah died, he says, seraphs were in attendance above him. And each of them had six wings, and with two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew, and they called to one another, holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And you're lying in bed at night and your mind is going in a thousand different directions. There are all kinds of things that you can say. There are all sorts of ways that you can bring your love of God into the moment and time that with your breathing. But here is one of them. As you inhale deeply this life, this gift of breath that God has given you, you can say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. 
And then as you breathe out, as you exhale, the whole earth is full of His glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And if you do that, you are singing in unison with a choir in heaven. You are speaking the words in your heart that the heavenly hosts are saying to the Almighty. You are participating in the communion of saints. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called and the house filled with smoke. The throne room of God is a magnificent place. The place where God is enthroned among the cherubim is inconceivably majestic. The choir that speaks and sings the words of praise to Almighty God so loudly, so thoroughly that the ground shakes beneath them. Isaiah describes God as high and lofty. Isaiah describes this heavenly host, this retinue of angels that are attending God. Isaiah describes an earthquake and smoke. And Isaiah, the great prophet, says, Woe is me. Woe is me. Do you remember encountering God's glory? If so, do you remember feeling small and inadequate in God's presence? Isaiah did. He said, woe is me, I am lost. I singular. For I singular, Isaiah, am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips both singularly and as part of a people. There is something wrong. And yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Do you remember feeling small and inadequate in comparison with God's greatness? There are ways, there are experiences that we have in the world which make us feel small and inadequate. If you've been to Niagara Falls, you know, water is something you can drink eight ounces of it in no time. You get it out of your refrigerator that tells you, order filter now. My refrigerator's gotten bossy. Install filter now. Eight ounces of water, you bathe in water. You wash with water, but you get millions and millions of gallons of water at one time, and it becomes something that is almost uncontrollable, as any community that has faced flooding will demonstrate the power and strength of water in small quantities. It's life-giving. But in large quantities, it will wipe anything and everything out of its path. Maybe you're a storm chaser and you've seen the storms. You enjoy the storms. One of our neighbors down in Franklin is in meteorology school at the moment. But she has always been fascinated by weather. And so we could go out and they lived not far from us. And so when a storm was coming in... Uh, she would come out in front of her house and if I could go out and talk with her and her dad and some of our kids, she could tell us what was going on in the weather up there. 
She could tell us where the cool places were, where the drafts were flowing, what was causing this to come together as it was coming together. If you've ever been through a tornado or a hurricane, you know that there is a power you can stand in front of that there is almost nothing you can do to protect yourself from something far, far larger than you are. For the first time in human history, we've come up with a way to have a self-destruct button for the planet. And we can destroy the planet over and over and over again. In fact, we can create an explosion that can be felt seismographically from any place on the planet. And those things are nothing compared to the glory of God. Do you remember experiencing God's glory? Do you remember feeling small and inadequate in comparison? If we have not felt small and inadequate in the presence of God, we have not had a close encounter with the God of the Bible. Let me say that again. If we have not felt small and inadequate in the presence of God, we have not had a close encounter with the God who is described in the pages of Scripture. The God who speaks and galaxies burst into existence. The God who bleeds and the veil in the temple is ripped from top to bottom. The God who comes to us as the Holy Spirit, and the only way the disciples can describe Him as the Holy Spirit is wind and fire. Do you remember feeling inadequate and small in the presence of God? Do you remember that in our smallness, God offers us grace? Isaiah has complained about being a person of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Now that means a little bit more than saying a curse word every now and then, but if you've been inside a grocery store recently, you know that we live among a people of unclean lips. Everybody is just, just over COVID. Everybody is just tired of not getting what they want when they want it. And one of the things that the Lord may be... Um, teaching us through all of this is, is a kind of patience. For all of world history, people have not been able to get fruit out of season until now. The fact that a grocery store may or may not have someone to put that fruit out may remind us of how fortunate we really are. Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And then one of the seraphs, the seraph is... An angel, and in Hebrew, the word saraf, or the, the root, S-R-F, means to burn. Some have suggested that a seraph is a burning manifestation of the glory and holiness of God. I mean, one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And the very, the very thing that Isaiah is concerned about, God addresses the seraph touched my mouth with this burning coal and said, now that this has 
touched your lips. Your guilt has departed. Blotted out. The Lord releases us from our guilt. We may have felt burdened for years or decades. We may have always felt that something was was pulling us down into the deep waters. But hear me, just as the Lord released the guilt of the prophet Isaiah, just as the Lord forgave Saul slash Paul in the New Testament, just as the Lord, who in the Old Testament is understood to be a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, just as God set Isaiah free, God will set you free as you stand in His glorious presence, feeling small and inadequate, confessing your sins, and knowing, knowing that Jesus Christ has paid the penalty. Do you remember encountering God's glory? Do you recall feeling small and inadequate? Do you remember that God gives us grace? And are you available to do God's work in the world? Now, hear that. And pause for a moment on that question. Are you available to do God's work in the world? I'm an ordained clergy person, and I'm available in in ways that not every Christian is. I spend a lot of time at church. I preach, I teach, I lead small groups, I I talk to folks who one-on-one who want to be encouraged in the faith. But we as Protestants have this idea, this understanding of the priesthood of all believers, meaning I might be the only person in this this, uh, space, whatever space I'm occupying, whether it's a small group or whether it's not Daryl and I. Let's see, how, how many ordained people are here this morning? There are probably 15 of us in the, in the church. But we are not the only ministers. We are not the only people that God wants to use in the world. Every one of you is a person that God wants to use. Isaiah recognizes that. He's been in the glory of God. He has felt small and inadequate. He has received the forgiveness of God. And then he hears the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Now, I chair the nominating committee. It's a terrible thing to call people and say, Would you like to? No. Hang up. Whom shall I send? God says. Moses says, send somebody else. St. Paul is blinded until he gets his theology straight. Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. Isaiah has this ministry of availability. Yes, I have stood before the glory of God. Yes, I have felt small and inadequate and wondered how I could survive and said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell among people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen God's glory. 
Isaiah has received the pardon of God and as a result Isaiah has made himself available. Here am I. This afternoon and this week you will go places I will never go. Into rooms I will never step in. And you will have conversations with people to whom I will never be introduced. But you are the church. The ministry of reconciliation is not for ordained clergy alone. The ministry of reconciliation belongs to us all. Are you available? When you're with your family, are you available to do God's will? When you are in the workplace, are you available to be God's person? Will you accept this ministry of availability? And say with Isaiah, here I am. Send me Use me because you have been gracious to me and I will tell of your glory. I will sing. I will share. I will glorify you now and always. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.